You're listening to Comedy Central. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Tanahasi Coates, welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Trevor, thanks for having me back, man. This is truly an honor because I just found out today you were officially the number one guest we've had on the show, as in like you've been on my show the most frequent, yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. Six, six years, what a journey it's been. Well, five years, I guess we've been on, you know, you've wow. been on the show six, ti- six times in five years. That's what it's been. Wow, wow, wow. That's great. I, I, I have no problem with that at all. I, w- I would love to know, as somebody who has been talking to you over these five years and somebody who's watched your life change dramatically, but not necessarily your tenor, have you seen a change in the world around you over the past five years? Or have you just experienced more of the world being the world? And I, I mean specifically America, obviously, because that's what you write about most of the time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, to some extent for the worse, you know, I, I think the worst is pretty obvious. Um, you know, I think a quarter million and counting Americans dead is, you know, pretty obvious. Us picking up a million COVID cases a week. Right. That is obviously, you know, uh, uh, pretty bad. And, 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 and the fact that, you know, there's really been no response uh, of, of, of note or of merit from the government. I, I don't know what a state is for if it's not to prevent the, the census death, death of, you know, a quarter million of its inhabitants. What's the point of having a state? And perhaps that's kind of the point. Um, but um, that is probably uppermost in my, in my head right now in terms of, you know, turns for the bad. Um, there has been, um, I think, among a certain portion of Americans outside of, outside of the African-American community, probably an increased yeah. awareness you know, of, of, of certain issues. Um, I think Trump himself has probably made that hard to ignore. Right. Um, I, I think obviously the summer protests made that hard to ignore. I think um, the disproportionate impact of, of, of COVID has made that hard to ignore. Um, how long that will last or what that will come to, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but it, it certainly is a change, I would say. We've got a few things happening in the world of Tanahasi Coates. Let's talk, f- talk first of all about the water dancer. The last time I was with you in the studio, you were on to promote um, the, 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 the hardcover of the book. Now it's out in paperback. You were exhausted promoting the book, but I guess you got fresh energy because you're back out promoting it again. And I believe that Oprah Winfrey and Brad Pitt have teamed up to turn the book into a film. This is, I mean, this is, it's Brad Pitt and Oprah Winfrey. Is there a moment when you stop sometimes and be like, yo, I'm working with Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt and Oprah Winfrey. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like the, the, the kings and queens of white people and black people, you've won the game. This is the perfect setup. Um, 
I hate to break your heart, but I've never met Brad Pitt. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and um, you know, I, I I do know Oprah a little a little better. You know what I mean? Just a little better. I don't want to take right. any liberties here. Uh, but you know, th- these are their production companies. You know, which obviously reflect their vision. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, yes. and their taste yes. and their aesthetics. You know, again, not casting any shade. But you know, it's funny because like you, when we were we we've been going through this. Oh shoot! I've I've been. This is November now, so I have been in discussion with with Plan B, which is Brad Pitt's uh, uh, production company. Yeah. Um, for about a year now, and and, and Jeremy Kleiner and um, Dee Dee, you know, over there. So it, it's been. Um, but I talk to 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 the people who work for them. Like I talk to the day to day people. You know what I mean? And there's this bat. You know, it's constant, constant conversation. I mean, up until as recently as yesterday about what we're gonna do, how we're gonna right. do it. But when it's reported out, it's like, hey, Tanahasi's working with Brad Pitt and Oprah to make a. Yeah, like, we, a need, we need to switch up your game. You need to hire me. I'll be the guy who calls to speak to the people who work for them. And then I'll tell them, yeah, Tanahasi will meet with Brad and Oprah. I mean, you're Tanahasi no, coach. No, no. But look, look, look. The people, who, the people who do work for them, <laughs> you, they're geniuses. They're great. I, I love them. <laughs> I love them. I, I, I really, really do. It's just funny how how, how it gets reported out because I, I, you know, I sit on the phone, you know, uh, with these folks, and I'm right. saying their names because nobody, you know, really says their names. But you know, I sit on the phone with a Dee Dee Gardner, and she tells me, you know, you know, what films I should I should look at and what I should right, be right, right. thinking about. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, these these are the voices that are actually in my head. You know what I mean? Like when I'm thinking about it as a film, these are the people I'm actually getting feedback from. Yeah, but it, but when it's reported in the papers, it seems like you're in a room with Oprah and Brad Pitt being like, all right, what do we do with this character, Brad? And he's like, yo, Tanahasi, this is how I think you should do it. And Oprah's like, everybody's getting involved. That's what it seems like. <laughs> it's not like that at all. <laughs> but it's still, it's still a big project, man. I feel like all of your projects are turning into some sort of, you know, you're an author, but but your work your work evokes so much imagery that it almost lends itself to being created into some sort of film. The same thing is happening with Between the World and Me. I got, a, I got an opportunity to watch an advanced copy of it, and I mean, I love the book. Everyone loved the book. I mean, there's a reason it's a New York Times bestseller forever, but I think seeing the, the you know, seeing people reenact portions of the book in a way that, that, that makes the conversation different it really changed the book. I don't know how to articulate it really, because for those who don't know, you wrote the book. In 2015, it was a huge bestseller. And in many ways, it shaped conversations that people have in and around race in America, you know? Now, what you've done with HBO is you've, they've created this film based on the book and it has everybody, I mean, from Mahershala Ali to Oprah Winfrey and Black Thought and T.I. and Yara Shahidi. And you've just got all these people. And, and, and Joe Morton is easily my favorite in it because of how he articulates what's happening in the book. And it's a conversation. The way you wrote it was a conversation, a letter from yourself to your then 14-year-old son. When you look at what the project is now, first of all, why do you think all of those big names agreed to do it? And what do you think changed in the project? What, like, like when you put faces to it? So now I have to play the the Brad Pitt Oprah role because I did nothing on that film. I, I offered like <laughs> feedback, like two or three. Th- I have no insight into why it's a beautiful film. Let me let me be clear. It's beautiful. I'm not exactly sure why, or I'm not exactly sure how. You know, it was made. You know, it is directed. You know, by by my good friend Camilla Forbes. 
um, who pulled it, you know, together, you know, right. produced by, you know, her and Susan Kalechi Watson of This Is Us fame. All of us went to Howard together. <clears throat> so there, there's a kind of, you know, intimacy and, and bond that, that, it, that was it, already it, there. Because it, feel, it felt true to your work. That's, you know, that's yes. so surprising yes. when you yes. say to me, like, yes. no, I wasn't, because I mean, you're, you're, you're in the film. Yes, I am. I am, right. but I'm not, I'm, those are, that is not, I would have no idea how to turn between the world and me into a film. None. Yes. None. I, yes. Absolutely none. And so um, I just, um, I, I, Camille is somebody I really, really trusted because she had done the theatrical you know, adaptation right. and I had worked with her before. And so, I, um, but when we were pitching, you know, um, like networks and everything, I remember being in those meetings and, you know, over <laughs> Zoom, obviously, but being in those meetings and I wasn't nervous at all because I, I had, you know, really complete faith that, you know, she was going to do something special. She what really that did. special thing would be, I had no idea. <laughs> it's not my problem. So, okay, so then, so then you were in an interesting position because you, you were as surprised as I was when you watched it then. So when you did watch it, did you feel like it kept the essence of what the book was? Or do you think it added something different that the book didn't? I think it added something different, man. Um, because I think when you write a book, what you're trying to achieve is a very intimate one-on-one experience with a reader. You know, you want what the you know, it's just you and the reader locked in this one place. Yeah. Um, and it's it's you know the singular voice that that the reader hears that comes out of this collaboration between you two. Um, theater to say nothing of television is is totally different in the sense that there was nothing I could have done within between the world and me that would have allowed for you to see it the way you see it when Angela Davis reads those words. Right. When Yara reads those words, when Courtney B. Vance, you know, it's a very different thing when Mahershala, I, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. And frankly, you know, like one of the things, I think we talked about this before, you know, one of the critiques of Between the World and Me was, you know, um, it, it didn't open itself up, you know, in terms of gender. You know, it didn't, you know, have, you know, it was this black, heavily black male experience that was standing mm-hmm. in for the mm-hmm. experience. You know, and, and my thing was always, I hear that, but I really don't know what I, as a, as a writer, you know what I mean, could do, you know, very differently within the scope of what that book was. Right. And yet, when I saw the film, and I saw it open, and it said, dear son, dear daughter, dear nephew, dear cousin, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And even the fact that, as I said, having, you know, a, a black women, having trans you know, women in, in, in that, in, you know, reading, it opens up. It becomes yeah. something that is much more than the book could actually, you know, be. That's amazing, man. I, I, I found myself wondering when I was watching it, I was like, this is, this is a book that you wrote for your son. I mean, you know, it's, it's for the people, but you wrote it to your son, your 14-year-old son at the time. Yeah. I, would, I would love to know what conversations you have with your son now, who's 19, and also what you would have said to him then, but he was too young for you to have a conversation about. Like, how has that relationship evolved? So, um, so he turned 20 in August, which is a wow. crucial age. It's a very, very crucial age. Um, because, you know, he's not, obviously, he's very much not a boy anymore. Um, he's very much a young man, you know, an adult out, out on his own. <sighs> I find myself, it's funny these days, probably listening to Samari more than I find myself um, telling him anything. He has his own interests, you know, his own, you know, things that, that, that he's pursuing. Um, and so probably never more in my life in our relationship have, have I actually listened more than I, than I, than I talked, actually. Wow. 
Wow. wow. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Wow. I'll never be a, you know, 20 year old, you know, young black male right now. I don't have that experience. You know, so right. it's kind of fascinating listening to him, you know, talk and, and, you know, how he sees the world. What would you say is the biggest difference that, that in the way the two of you see the world? I'm sure you have a lot of similarities, but I find, you know, like I'll have it with my younger brother, for instance, or anyone really, if you share a connection with them, but they're of a different generation, sometimes they'll, they'll, they just see one part of the world in a different way to you because of when they were born and how they were raised. Do you have something like that where you, you look at your son and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess. Yes. yes. Um, he is who I was with 10 times the confidence and maybe 10 times the opportunity. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I recognize a lot of myself in him, but he's, he's just much, much more confident. Um, and I think that comes out of how or where, rather, not even how, where, you know, he was raised as opposed to, you know, where, where I was raised, the environment I was in. Me and my wife talk about this all the time, you know, about how, you know, we were constantly shielding ourselves from things, you know, ducking, you know, worried about what was going to happen here. And he has a lot less of that um, and thus has, a, you know, a much higher degree of belief in his ability to, you know, almost out of his sheer will, you know, just conjure things. You know, and, and, and to the extent that there is some, you know, uh, talk back, it's often, you know, pulling him back from that, <laughs> you know, because um, I think, you know, it's good. It's good. I, I really love to see it. But, you know, sometimes you can go a little too far with that. <laughs> Before I let you go, I have to ask you a question that I think I've asked you every single time you've been on the show because you're my favorite person and only person I ask this question to. But... Looking at the election and looking at like like the vaccines and just like where we are now, how optimistic is Tanahasi Coates now about America? It's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. Um, it's going to be a struggle for a while. I think. Um, I think. Uh, I think there was enormous damage done over the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a party to deny the previous president. Um, the opportunity to appoint a, a Supreme ju- a Supreme Court judge, a lifetime appointment, to win but not through the popular vote, and then to appoint three and four years. Um, I think the damage to democratic legitimacy piled onto everything else that you know Trump has done. Um, right. I think is I think is enormous. I think is enormous, and I expect to actually outlive me. Um, the damage of that. I, I think it's really, wow. really significant. Um, so I, I think we're in for some uh, for some tough times, you know. But, you know, again, I think I've said this before, <laughs> being African-American, being the progeny of, of, of people who were enslaved in this country for 250 years and, you know, who lived through, you know, another subsequent hundred years of, of Jim Crow, um, having, you know, been born at the time of the rise of mass incarceration, you know, ever thus, when was it not? you know, as it is. Is it worse yeah. now than it was then? No, it's not worse. You know, I wouldn't say that, you know? Um, so this, this, this is the condition, you know, this is where we are. As always, man, I appreciate having you on. I'm excited for the movie adaptation of your book that you're not working on with Brad Pitt and Oprah. And I'm excited for the film that was made from your work, but you were just like, yeah, yeah I'm just gonna watch it. Just, just like the rest of you. <laughs> so uh, either way, I'm excited for you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. Good, Good seeing, seeing you again. Look after yourself. Thank you, thank you. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroesfilm.com to get tickets now. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 